This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. Welcome to our Breakfast with Benz podcast. Tim Benz and Seth Rorbo with you. Seth covers the Pens at Trib Live. He is our hockey beat writer. He was in attendance last night at PPG Paints Arena, as was I, to see the Penguins' win streak end and to see the New Jersey Devils definitively end it, even without some of their best players on the ice. Seth, that seemed universal throughout the Penguins' locker room and the assessment from Mike Sullivan that they're just wasn't a lot good to talk about, that the Devils were just a lot better in every area of the ice. Yeah, I mean, Sidney Crosby was kind of maybe kind of put it best or most bluntly. He just said, I don't think we were – I'm paraphrasing. I don't think we were good in any, any area, really. Um, and, you know, the, in that respect, I guess it was a pretty you know, uh, thorough or complete effort by the Penguins. Um, you know, just simple things like, you know, making a pass in the neutral zone was a, was a really big task for him. And, uh, they had a lot of turnovers that the Devils almost instantly, you know, transitioned and, and you know converted into the offense for them. Uh, a lot of that quick strike offense, where um, you know at least the one goal I think after Brian Russ, uh, you know, second goal of the game, uh, you know, New Jersey came right back and you know, you know, had the game two two. So um, no, it was a it was a very much well earned loss uh, by the home team on on Thursday night. And they did last year stuff too, like allowing a goal right after one of their own goals, allowing a shorthanded goal, allowing goals in quick succession, that last year stuff that killed him crop back up again. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing that I guess really struck out that stuck out to me, and I mentioned already, is just the neutral zone. I mean, trying to make just simple short area passes or, you know, any kind of pass in the neutral zone just seemed like it was really just a laborious task for them. And, um, you know, you know, Brian Russ gets the first goal of the game, then then he has a, a neutral zone turnover that leads to uh, you know trying to make a pass to Ricard Raquel there by the at the um, Devils blue line, and Devils steal it and turn it into a shorthanded goal right away. So um, again, that was maybe something that was a hallmark of, of their their issues last season. But um, just given how this team has played, the Penguins have played really, you know, in the five games leading up to it, you know, the five game winning streak, it just was such a departure from so many of the good things that they did during that streak. And, yeah, I know maybe they maybe got a little bit fat on playing some bad teams like San Jose and Columbus during that time, but they were doing the right things during that streak. And, uh, they just, again, they just vacated all of that uh, seemingly against New Jersey on Thursday. I didn't think it was a good game for Jari either. No, no. Um, you know, I, I know Mike Sullivan kind of, you know, went out of his way to defend Tristan uh, Jari after the game, saying oh, this isn't on Tristan, but, I mean, you know, some of those goals he allowed were very preventable. Um, I, I think it was New Jersey's second goal uh, where, you know, okay, yeah, I, you know, someone comes down the wing, Eric Carlson makes, you know, doesn't make the greatest play defensively, but, you know, Tristan Jari is allowed to make a, a good save there and not give up a juicy rebound that gets banged in for, for a goal there. So, um, and there's and, the know, other one, times- you know, like he was looking behind the net and got caught peeking. There was that one, and I think it was the fourth goal where he was just completely out of position and allowed the short side wide open 
Yeah, I mean, he, he got diced up. I, I don't think there's anyone uh, that's going to dispute that notion. Uh, and again, it, it was a very thorough effort uh, in terms of, you know, just everyone who dressed for the Penguins on Thursday not really performing at their best. But uh, Tristan Jari is probably the leading uh, contender, I guess, for, for you know, or you know, just the leading face of, of that effort. It just was not his best game. Uh, really looked like a, a much different player than the guy who had the shutout sequence over like three different games uh, the week prior. Um, and hey, you know, every player, every team has up and down sequences, but um, his are a little too up and a little too down. Uh, just uh, you'd like to see a lot more consistency from that type of player, uh, from the player that they extended such a big contract into. And um, again, that's just uh, for better or worse. That's that's kind of Tristan Jari's mo. Just uh, you, you have some really high moments and you have some really low moments. And you know, Thursday night was a pretty low moment. Yeah, and to amplify your point, Seth, about what Sullivan said, that was indicative of how poorly they played in other areas. I know he is usually very loath to ever throw his goaltender under the bus, but it was so obviously a poor game for Jari that I think it was still easy for him to brush aside any suggested criticism of him directly in a question by redirecting the spotlight on everybody else. That's how bad of a night it was. Jari was poor, but it was easy for him to tap dance around the question anyway. Yeah, I mean, to, to kind of maybe illustrate your point there about as far as Sullivan always trying to go to bat for his players. I mean, there it was a couple of weeks ago. I think that Anaheim loss where they gave up the short uh, the the shorthanded goal with like twelve seconds left. Uh, mm-hmm. um, after the game, Tristan Jari point blank says, "I need to be better. I haven't been giving this team enough, you know, chances to win." You know, I asked Mike Sullivan, you know, a couple minutes later. You know, Tristan Jari said, "You know, he didn't think he played very well. What's your assessment there?" And, and Mike Sullivan kind of gave it a kind of a soft landing. He said, I think Tristan's like a lot of our team. We need to be, we all need to be better. So that's just Mike Sullivan's, you know, modus operandi. He's, he's very rarely ever going to call out one player. Um, I, I, you know, and that's probably why he's a po- fairly popular coach, uh, just you know, in terms of, you know, how he treats his players publicly. But, um, but now again, that's, um, that, that's not surprising uh, that Mike Sullivan reacted that way on Thursday night uh, to, to a question about Tristan because um, that's just how he operates, particularly with his goaltenders. Seth Rorba with us, covers the Pens at Trib Live. Want to throw an exchange that I heard at you, Seth. Um, I, I heard this on the radio coming in on the 105.9 The X pregame show, Paul Steigerwald. I don't, maybe you were in on this interview scrum, maybe you weren't, but I guess at some point leading up to the game against the Devils, Ryan Graves, the newly acquired defenseman from New Jersey, was asked about the defensive zone concepts of Jersey's and of Pittsburgh's, and he said they couldn't be more polar opposite different. And then Lindy Ruff, they played a clip from him talking about how much they pressure the puck handlers in the defensive zone in Jersey, as opposed to maybe a more traditional, softer zone look from the Penguins. Um, are you noticing him struggling in that context schematically from one team to the other? Were you part of that conversation? Um, I did talk. I don't know if it was that specific conversation. He may have had a different ones. I, I know I did talk to him earlier in the week, I want to say Monday, uh, just about some of those differences. Um, I, I, I don't know that he's necessarily struggling. I, I think he maybe had some adjustment, you know, issues, maybe you're in the first five, six games of the season. Um, I think he's picked up the slack. Me and Ryan Graves has picked up the slack here in the past five, six games, seven games, uh, coincidentally with their winning streak. 
I didn't see what the numbers maybe were in terms of puck possession from Thursday's game, but um, I think he's gotten better as the season's gone on. And even by his own admission, he said there's still maybe some more room for improvement. So um, I'm, I'm not going to say he's, he's struggled. I, I think, you know, again, he maybe didn't look all that comfortable the first handful of the games of the season. There's been a greater level of uh, acclimation with not only the scheme, but, you know, playing with a pretty, you know, unique partner like Crystal Tang. Um, you know, Brian Dumoulin, you know, for as much success as they had, there was, there was always some fraught moments there uh, uh, between those two, just given how Latang plays. But, um, hey, I'm not going to go so far as to say Ryan Graves has struggled. I, I do think there's maybe some acclimation there that that's still uh, ongoing. There has been some improvement, I think. But, um, uh, again, by Ryan Graves' own admission, there is some room for improvement. The Deontay Johnson touchdown streak ended. When does the Ricard Raquel goal streak end? The goalless streak. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Maybe if he has to play Tristan Jari for that to happen. Um, <laughs> uh, I, the crazy thing about uh, Ricard Raquel is, I mean, I, it's maybe waned a little bit here, but you know, throughout the first two three weeks of the season, I mean, he had some of the best possession numbers on the team, and just in terms of you know, basic, uh, you know shots for shots against uh Corsi as it's called colloquially um yeah you know, he was doing a lot of right things good things in terms of you know helping his team generate offense or being in situations where his team is generating offensive chances um five on five and um he just hasn't been the one getting the goals he's getting some assists here and there but um regardless i mean you know for a player of that talent that caliber and also for a player with a big ticket i think he has one of the larger cap hits or larger contracts on the on the roster um you need at least one goal i mean uh, uh, to go more than a month into the season here without a goal is just uh it's inexcusable no matter how much you want to maybe paint a good picture with you know puck possession numbers and things like that and get, again he's done some good things uh, playing on that second line with Riley Smith and Evgeny Malkin, although that line has maybe cooled off a little bit here in recent games. But um, for whatever reason, it's just not going in for him. And um, again, again you, maybe he needs to shoot more. Or maybe he needs to, you know, go to the net a little bit more. And, you know, all those cliches about how you can get goals. But um, it's it's been strange just from the standpoint that he is doing some good things. It just he's not doing the ultimate good thing, I guess, in terms of scoring a goal. And, um, I'm not quite sure I'm at a point where like, oh yeah, they have to change the second lineup or whatever. I mean, the team, you know, Thursday's game notwithstanding has, has been playing pretty well for the most part. Um, and I don't know that you necessarily have to sh- shake up some of the other lines, uh, you know, you know, move Brian Rust down for instance, or, you know, maybe you move Drew Connor up or whatever, uh, when some of those, you know, first and first and third lines have maybe gained some traction here in recent weeks. And I, frankly, I'm not quite sure there's much of a great option. Uh, using Matt Nieto or Vinny Hinnestros oh. off the fourth line there. But, um, again, Ricard Raquel's too talented, and he's probably too compensated to have absolutely no goals more than a month into the season. We brought up Russ. He's the converse here. Uh, eight points, four goals in six games this month. If he ever does play for another team and they do the welcome back video, I think he's going to regret scoring this much in November with that mustache. <laughs> I looked it up. He's up to nine goals last, and now. Uh, this is what the fifteenth game of the season. He needed thirty-three games last season to get nine goals. So, wow. um, he, I, you know, I, he never really got into specifics. But I asked him a few weeks ago just what led to you know him getting off to a better streak here or a better start here. Um, he just said, "Yeah, I made some some changes to you know, his off-season training. Uh, I, I get. I don't know if that's something he did on the ice or off ice or just looking at video or whatever. Um, but he's made some adjustments and." 
Um, it certainly has paid off in terms of where he is off at offensively. Um, I, I remember a few years ago, I think it was the 1920 season uh, when he, um, I, 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 yeah, that, that was when he still was maybe kind of a guy who would top out at 17, 18 goals for a season. Uh, I said, could you ever envision yourself as a 20 goal scorer? And he just shut the conversation down immediately. He was so superstitious. He didn't want to jinx himself. And um, 20 goals mean meant something to him, and it still means something to him. And you're, frankly, right now he's on a pace for more than 30 goals. So, um, and you know, this he's hit the 20 goal mark what three consecutive years and. Um, and, you know, mind you, there's been a couple of years there where, you know, the COVID, you know, pandemic, you know, disrupted the season in some regard. Um, last season, you know, you know, he had 20 goals, wasn't his best season, but even despite some inconsistencies, he still hit 20 goals. And, um, he's really, really, um, developed himself into being such a consistent goal scorer, uh, last season, notwithstanding. Yeah, he's, he's funny. He's consistent for year to year, but sometimes he's wildly inconsistent, like month to month, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But um, again, this season he's made some, some clear adjustments uh, uh, to his game and um, he's, he's really been, um, I would, I mean, I would dare say he's buoyed their offense uh, uh, really from game one to game 15 here, uh, probably the most uh, consistently uh, among any of the other teams players. We have 15 points in 15 games. Last thing, Seth, before we go, Boy, tough weekend for them. They got to go to Carolina. Last year against Carolina, they lost all four games, 0-2-2, and, and they lost all four games by a combined total of four goals. Um, and I shouldn't even say goals because I think they lost at least one of them in a shootout. Maybe one was overtime. But 0-2-2, uh, and they're all one-goal margins. And then they've got the Vegas Golden Knights after that, the defending Stanley Cup champs, who I believe have the most points in the Western Conference right now. Yeah, Carolina's a team that, uh, you know, we, I was looking this up. Uh, they have a six-game losing streak against uh, the New Jersey Devils. That's their longest active losing streak against any team. And uh, then there's uh, three teams that they're tied for second longest. Uh, Carolina, the Islanders, and the Oilers, four-game losing streak. So, And I think they also have a four-game road losing streak in Carolina, too. So uh, clearly just a, a team and a destination they haven't had much success at or with in recent years. Um Carolina plays a full man press, you know, like basketball for lack of a better term in terms of how they play defensively. And that's what's led to them having the, the success they have enjoyed uh, under Rod Brendamore in recent years. And um, the Penguins know that and the Penguins have, you know, maybe acknowledged that that's something that they haven't had, you know, a, a great deal of luck with uh, in recent years. So, um, you know, again, that's, that's going to clearly be a tough uh, matchup. It has been in recent years for them. So, uh, as you said, it's not going to get any easier here with them than you know a home game against Vegas. So less than 24 hours, I think it's like a six o'clock start. So yeah, uh, I'm curious how the goaltending shakes out. I mean, Tristan Jari's uh, clearly going to play one of the games. I would suspect Carolina, and then um, Alex Velkovic was sent to Wilkes-Barre on a conditioning assignment. Uh, he's still in long-term injury reserve, and he's eligible to. Uh, rejoin the active roster on Sunday. So I don't know if they would, you know, go back with Alex and Velkovic, uh, you know, against a tough opponent or stick with Magnus Helberg. Um, so, I mean, they have some options here. I'm not sure, sure there's any wrong option in terms of who, who you start in that second game, uh, the back-to-back sequ- you know, sequence. But um, again, Vegas is Vegas. It's a, it's clearly a talented team. Uh, they haven't really suffered a, a Stanley cup hangover, although certainly looking at their celebration videos, they certainly tried to induce one. <laughs> Um, but, um, you know, they've, they've come out of the gate pretty, pretty, pretty sharply here, uh, um, you know, after a pretty short off season. 
I don't know if I'd start Nadelkovic on Sunday night if things go bad with Dorian Thompson-Robinson at quarterback for the Browns. He might have some PTSD by the time he takes the rink. <laughs> he was joking. He was hoping to maybe uh, you know get to the game in Cleveland and then make his way back uh, to Pittsburgh on Sunday. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I wonder if that's a situation. You know, they've done that in a couple of years in the past, uh, all seriousness, um, where oh, they have back-to-back and they'll leave the goalie they know they're going to start in Pittsburgh back there. Because uh, they know he's going to be able to, uh, you know, rest up and things like that. I think they did that one year with, with Tristan Jari and Matt Murray. And oh yeah, I remember Smith that. And, I remember that. Yeah. And Smith lost his passport, and they yeah. had to call up, uh, <laughs> right. email Alarmy, and it just it, it backfired <laughs> on them. But um, I, I don't know that the transit from Cleveland to Pittsburgh is nearly as uh, troublesome as Pittsburgh to Montreal going across international. Oh no, borders, I mean but... we've we've all lobbied for a long time that you should need your passport to get to and from Cleveland, but it's, it just hasn't <laughs> taken yet at the Ohio Turnpike. I mean, maybe the easy pass will malfunction or something like that. But, <laughs> um, but uh, no, like I said, I'm curious to see how they use utilize their goal thing this weekend, uh, just given some of the uh, mechanisms within the uh, you know LTIR and all that, and just uh, just how the schedule shakes out this weekend. All right, Seth. Thanks a bunch. Have a good weekend covering the games. We'll read closely at Trib Live, and we'll catch up with you uh, if not next week for the holiday, then the week after. Okay. Sounds good, Tim. Take care, man. All right. That is Seth Roba. He is our hockey beat writer. You can read him daily throughout the Penguin season at Trib Live.